I'm going to show it to you today. Are y'all ready? I love you. See, I'm not going to see last week we talked about the reason why the people were in the state they were in was because the priest would not give people the teachings and instructions of God's word. And as a result, those all kind of chaos was going on around it. Well, you know what? When we had all that racial, you know, it's, it's, it's almost been a year since George Floyd died, was murdered. Do you know what has changed legislation for uh, the people of color or what the world would call minorities? Nothing. But there's a bill on the books right now for another group that is 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 supposed to be to protect them, but it's actually an attack on the body. It will be an attack on the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is sleep on it. I'm telling you, it's going to be so subtle. You are not gonna. You are not. People have typically been in the body of Christ have been reactive as opposed to being proactive. I'm going to help you be proactive today by the, by the help of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to help you be proactive. And I'm, we're going to expose the enemy's tactic. And when I tell you how he's doing it, you're going to be like, because that's what I said. What? Last night I said that. What? Three o'clock this morning, Jerry, I said that. And what? I said that again at eight o'clock when I was getting ready to leave the house. God damn. What? Are you ready? So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and we thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching would not be with this ice and words of man's wisdom, but let it be a demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, have your way. We invite you. You're already here. You're with us wherever we go. We're believing for miracles, signs, wonders, demonstration of, of the gifts of the spirit in operation. All of you, none of me, let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer, writing the very oracles of your word on the, on the people's hearts. I believe that you have given them ears to hear and, and eyes to see and hearts are open and ready to receive the engrafted word of God that will ultimately change their lives forever. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise for it now in Jesus' name, amen. Now, over the last two weeks, we've been talking about, we've been a part of a series called We Will Not Be Silent. We Will Not Be Silent. And, then, and the title, if I was to give this message a title today, is called The Rules of Engagement. The Rules of Engagement. Now, I, got, I need to make this declaration, and we're going to jump right in. Y'all got your swimming trunks on? Y'all ready to swim this morning? I'm telling you, we we Doug, we, we ain't even gonna be on the shore. We ain't even putting our, teeth, our toe in the water. We ain't even putting our pinky toe in the water. We are launching out into the deep. You wanna know why we launching out into the deep? Because God has made us fishermen of men and it's time to reap the harvest. He said that you will take in a great haul, but the only way you're gonna be able to take in a great haul is you gotta launch out into the deep. Y'all ready to launch out to the deep? Y'all ready? You ready? All right. All right. All right. I know you got me. Got you. All right. Here we go. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the, the day, to pr proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, and to appoint it to them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, 
the oil of joy for morning garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that he might be called the tree that they might be called the trees of righteousness the planting of the lord that he might be glorified and they shall build the old waste and they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities for desolation of many generations. Now we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, we will not be silent. And according to Isaiah chapter 62, uh, one and two uh, verse 10 is for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet. Well, I'm saying this for the, for the nation of Canada and, and for the city of Ottawa and for the city of Greeley, for your sake, I will not keep silent. For your sake, I will not keep quiet until your righteousness goes forth like brightness and your salvation goes forth like a torch that is burning. The nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory and you will be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord will this uh, designate. So I'm telling you, we call Greeley, we call Ottawa, we call the nation of Canada a lighthouse for the gospel for the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. I declare, I decree it to be so, and it is so. But you don't want to know how it's going to happen because we refuse to be silent. We refuse to stay quiet. Because the only way it's going to happen is the people in the body of Christ. And I'm calling you from the north, the south, the east, and the west. I'm calling those who are in darkness to the light. I'm calling those who, who have been in the light, who went back to the darkness. I'm calling you out of darkness into the marvelous light that you might go forth and declare and decree the word of God with clarity, with accuracy, and boldness with boldness like the boldness of a lion. We will not draw back. We will not be afraid. We will not keep quiet and we will not be silent in the name of Jesus. Why won't we be quiet and why won't we be silent? Why? Because in according to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, it says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to those who are lost. If I'm quiet and if I'm silent, then the salvation and the righteousness that has already been made available to the people in this land will not manifest itself. He's not going to get off the throne and do what he's already equipped us to do. He's telling us, I need you to stop being silent. Why? Because the little G, God of this world, a.k.a. Satan, a.k.a. Diablos, the accused, the false accuser, the adversary, the slanderer, he has already blinded the minds of them which believe not. Why? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, be shined unto them. So you have an adversary who's trying to, whose main MO is, according to John chapter 10, verse 10, is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What do you think is the first thing he's trying to steal? The word of God concerning your righteousness, the word of God concerning your salvation, the word of God concerning your healing, your deliverance, your wholeness, your, your family salvation, all that he's trying to steal from you and how he's going to do it because he's got people in, uh, in the body of Christ who are being silent, who are being quiet. Why? Because so-and-so said he's going to do so-and-so. Well, I got a word for you this morning. Buckle up, buttercup, because it's time to get in the game. We're going to teach you about the rules of engagement today. And I'm going to show you exactly how the enemy is doing what he's doing. 
And when you see it, you are going to want to kick yourself. But if you are, if you are feeling like you could do it, call me. I will help you. It's time to wake up. It's time to grow up. Now, last week we talked about, hey, you are the light of the world. Now, he says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do men light a, can, light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. So you are a light in the city of Greeley. You are a light in the city of Ottawa. You are a light in the nation of Canada. You are a light wherever it is that you are right now. But guess what? If your light be hid, how you gonna how many people go home and put a lamp under your bed? Do it and watch that bad boy set it off. Go home and put a candle after that candlelight, candlelight dinner that you and your husband or your wife had together and see what happens. You're going to set it off up in there. That light cannot be hid. So the, the, the command by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble and good deeds and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your father who is in heaven. Now, how are they going to be able to recognize and honor and praise and glorify your father who is in heaven? When you, when I let my light shine so people can see our praiseworthy, noble, good deeds, they're not going to do it. So I'm, I got a word for you. Somebody say, Lord, give me a word this Lord. Give me a word this Lord. I got a word for you. Ready for the word this morning? Stop it. Stop it is this. Stop. Stop it means be the light and stop talk, just talking about the light. Be the light and stop just talking about the light. Most people will never be drawn to the light in you if you continue talking about the light yet live like you're still in darkness. Did y'all hear that? Well, he says, I'm gonna say, what do you say? Wait, okay, read, I'm gonna say it one more time. Y'all said, you pulling me. He says, be the light and stop talking, just talking about the light. Jesus didn't say talk about the light that's in you. He says, let your light shine. How are you gonna do it? Through words and deeds, in words and deeds. He says, he says, let your light shine. And most people read this part right here. Isaiah chapter 60, verse one and three, which says, arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And you're like, yes, the glory of the Lord has risen upon me. But he says, for why is the glory of the Lord risen upon you as a believer? He says, because Darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Now, why does he want his glory to be, be in you, his glory to be upon you, even though the world is in darkness and people are in darkness? He answers that question. Because nation or ethnic groups will come to your light. So how are they going to come to your light if you haven't made a decision? I am going to let my light so shine. 
Are y'all seeing the connection here? Do y'all understand why we can't be quiet? You understand why we can't be silent? You know, the, the, this week we got we had a, we had some great news. A new addition into the into the family of the depot, brother Jackson. Glory to God is is down in the family of the depot. But you guess what happened with brother? Guess what? You used to buy, but with brother Jackson came a purpose. With brother Jackson came a, an assignment. With brother Jackson came responsibilities to do what to be able to raise up a godly seed. You yeah, see that? That's the whole purpose about baptism and, and, and rededicating a child. But what you're saying is I'm entering into covenant with you, God, and we are dedicating this gift that you gave us. We're presenting it back to you. And we're committing to live our life, let our life shine before him, teach him and, and give him knowledge and, and, and understanding on how to live this life out and actually do it. Can I get, can I, you want another word? If you tell somebody to do the word of God and they see you not doing it, they will, that you have done them a disservice. In fact, they will call you a hypocrite. What is a hypocrite? A pretender. You say love your wife, but you cussing your wife out every day. You said love your husband, but he, you nagged him. I ain't read it, found a scripture yet to say nag the bejeebas out of him and he will obey. It doesn't say that anywhere. I, I looked it up. It don't say that. Do you know, can I, okay, I'm just gonna make this one side stop. Do you know in Deuteronomy chapter six, it says the father is the one who's supposed to train up the child in the way that they're supposed to go. And the wife is to come along and nurture what the father's teaching. Go read it. You know, it says that in Deuteronomy chapter six, I said, I was invited to this men's meeting once this for the first time, I think it was my last time. And this is the word the Lord gave me to tell them. He told the men to man up. It's my first time, Doug. And none of them look, had a haircut like mine. And I'll let y'all figure that rest of that out for yourself. Man up and take your position. But what the world is telling men, they're trying to demasculize men right now and say man had tried to silence the voice of the man exalt the voice of the woman we're not against we believe i believe in equal but equal according to the word of god not equal according to the world system because the world system creates another category which tries to upsert what man says and now we woman power man has no voice you know what that's called out of order I know. Don't 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 click me off now. It's too late. God already got a hook in your jaw. It's out of order. We 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 work together as one. You're supposed to work together as one. See, the man has a mission. The woman has a mission. At some time, at one point or another, you're going to have to get under each other's mission. That's what the word submission means. Get under that person's mission. Like here, I, I I'm the I'm the person, the head senior leader. At home, I have to get under Juin's mission. Even if I don't necessarily want to get under her mission. I can't expect her to get under my mission if I'm not willing to get under her mission. That's free marriage counseling right there. You, you don't even have to pay for that. Now, last week we talked about how, and we said this at the very beginning, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. 
because, not because there was not knowledge available. They're destroyed for the lack of knowledge because they rejected the knowledge that was made available to them. The knowledge was made available to them, but the people rejected it. The priest rejected it. And when the priest rejected it, they did not give feed God's people with knowledge and with understanding. And guess what? God brought judgment to the priest, which also affected the people. Are you still with me? And why am I telling you all that and telling you, hey, right now we're dealing, we're dealing with, you know, you cannot be silent. You cannot be quiet. We will not be silent. We are light of the world. We're going to let our light so shine. And, and, and because there is a web of deception that's going on right now. There's a web of deception going on right now. And it's not just in the world. Now, Isaiah 50, as you were, Isaiah chapter 5 says this. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. It says this. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put the bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. In other words, they got things backwards. They're calling bad good, and they're calling good bad. And they say, it's right. What did the Bible say? Whoa. Whoa, which means stuff is going to happen as a result of you putting things out of order. Is it God who's going to bring that judgment to you? No. Why? Because God already established the kingdom of God in the earth. You have a kingdom of God, and you have a, and a kingdom of darkness. You are the deciding factor on which kingdom you operate in, even if you're in the body of Christ. Because many people in the body of Christ have not renewed their mind according to the word. They have rejected God's way of doing things and say, I know I'm saved, but I'm going to continue to do things the same way I did before I got saved. Guess what you're doing? You're still operating. Even though you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, even though heaven is, is well, most people say heaven is my home. Heaven is not going to be your home. Can I tell you what's going to happen? You're going to go to heaven for, for a period of time. Then New Jerusalem is going to come down to the new heaven and into the new earth. And when New Jerusalem comes down on the new earth, guess where you coming back to? Anybody want to take a guess? Back to the new earth. Read the book of Revelation. You go to heaven. You have the lamb, the lamb supper. And now you will be able to go up back and forth. But when, but the new Jerusalem is a city. Go home and read it. New Jerusalem is a city. Read your Bible. Read Revelation chapter 20, Revelation chapter 21, Revelation chapter 22, and then call me and send me your little emails. Heaven is not the final. Heaven is, is you'll be able to, to go there. You can go hang out there. You might be in some classes or whatever. But the, there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And, new, and Jeru, the new Jerusalem is going to be sitting down on a new earth. I, I always love it when we say stuff like that. People look at you like, what? I'm like, it's in your Bible. Woe to those who are mighty heroes at drinking wine and men of strength and mixing alcoholic drinks who justify and acquit the guilty for a bribe, but take away the rights of the innocent and righteousness from them. Now think about it like this. 
these people's job, they're, 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 the reason why it's a web of deception because they believe what they're doing is right. They literally believe by, per remember Saul, Paul, before he was Saul, when he was persecuting the church, he really believed he was doing the right thing. He was wrong, he was wrong as rain. He was wrong as, as getting in the shower with your socks on, but he still did it, why? Because that's the way he taught and his, he had not had his mind renewed and his mind wasn't illuminated to the word of God. Even though he was, he knew the law and the Torah, he had head knowledge. He did not have revelation knowledge. Y'all say, give me an example of a situation where people will call right, wrong, and wrong, right, and how, how they're doing it today. I'll give you an example in my own country here in Canada. There's a bill out there right now called Bill C-6. And it's conversion therapy. Now, from a church, from a body of Christ, and as a leader standpoint, man, I, I support the intent of the bill because people do use crazy practices trying to get people to, you know, they say the person is, is a homosexual or a lesbian, and then they do kind of crazy stuff to try to, you know, force them to do electrocution and all kind of crazy stuff, you know, to try to get them converted. I don't agree with that. The intent was right, but the way that they worded it, but the extent in which they're trying to do it is where they go way to the left. This is the definition. Their definition of conversion therapy is this. This is the government. This is, this is a, a law. It's not in law yet. It's just a bill right now. It's, it's made it through the second reading. And we've been in much conversation and communication back and forth with the Judicial Committee. And this is what it says. It says, conversion therapy, as they define it, is a practice, treatment, or service designed to change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual, heterosexual or gender identity to uh, cisgender or to re regress or reduce non-heterosexual attraction or sexual behavior. In other words, you try, what they say, you try to keep me from being who I, who I was made to be. I was born this way. Well, there's a lot of scientific proof that says, that has dispelled that a lot. It says, it, it does not, we have an extra hormone, doesn't exist. We have an extra chromosome, doesn't exist. It's, it's been proven, it's been proven multiple, multiple times. Or do we hate the people? No, why? Because God don't hate them. We don't have issue with their intent. We have issue with their definition. Why? Because section two of the Canada Charter of Rights and Freedoms guarantees and protects as fundamental freedoms, the freedom of conscience and religion, as well as freedom of thought, belief, opinion, expression. These freedoms are upheld not only for the LGBTQ2 who we pray for. We pray for them. You pray for them? Absolutely. Why? Because God loves them. And because 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 says, first of all, make a supplication prayers and essentially give the thanks to kings and to all mankind. All mankind. 
Why do you pray for them? Because the Bible says, the word of God instructs us to make supplication, prayers, intercession, and give thanks unto all men, for kings and for those in authority, for all men, all mankind. You want to know why? Because just because that's not your area, God has somebody praying for you. God has somebody praying for you. Anyway, but also for all individuals, we are, now our concern with this Bill C-6 does not seem, is that they don't take into account differing thoughts, beliefs, opinions, and expressions of human sexuality, including those that are from a religious beliefs. Now, the other concern is this, that it creates a double standard. By criminalizing practices designed to change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual or a gender identity to censor gender, but not the same practices when they are designed to lead a heterosexual person, especially a young person, into changing their sexual identity or orientation. Other words, it says, you can't do it, but we can. Do you see the, do you see the issue with that? So that is, now we said, we, we, we there's, a, there's a, a large group of believers and pastors all over the oh, nation of Canada. We sent a brief, a written brief back. All this, what I'm telling you right now is all public record. You can go out there and search it. Mm -hmm. But we, we, we told him this, at no time did we ever attack anybody. Do you know what the government's response was that? They made, they, they we, hey, we want you to just, we're not saying don't do the, the, the ban on the conversion therapy. We're just saying, don't make the bill so vague that is led to people's own private interpretations. You know what their response was? They made it a little bit more vaguer. So it, lead, it, it leads to people's own private interpretations. That's the same thing people do with the word of God. They watered it down so much and, to, and added bits and pieces to it to it's so vague in their minds, not according to the word, we're not according to the Bible itself, but in their minds, it's so vague that people lean to their own interpretation. And the world says, I don't need that because we have our own truth. There is no absolute truth. Well, let me help you tell, let me tell you something, honey, dear brother, that is absolutely not true. There is an absolute truth. Whether you believe it or not, it doesn't make the word of God any less the final authority. Now, I will, I will agree with you. People have beaten people up with it. People have taken it out of context. People have put together scriptures to try to make it say what they wanted to say. And they got to give an account for that. But it doesn't give us an excuse to stay the same way we are simply because that's what other people did. My Bible still says, and it's still in your Bible if you look it up, Study to show your own self-approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Is this bill still, is still in, in committee right now? Yep. But I'm just telling you what's going on in our land right now. And, what the, and I asked the church, what you gonna do about it? 
And the father said, the first thing you got to do is pray for the people. He says, love the people, but expose the deception with the truth. But you got to speak the truth in love. You don't have to become argumentative. All you got to do is expose the truth. We don't argue with people. We don't fight with people. The battle is not with them. According to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 says that you have to be able to, God has given you the whole armor. He's heavily armed as a heavily armed soldier, which God supplies that you may be able to successfully stand against the strategies and the deceits of the adversary. People are just pawns in the game. The adversary don't care nothing about, he don't care if you, you followed him or you're not following him. He's just trying to get you out the way. Unless you get, unless your light starts shining and you expose somebody else to your light and both of y'all end up realizing that Jesus, what he did for you on the cross, and both of y'all end up turning y'all back on, on his way of doing things and fool around and get saved. I guarantee you, when you was out there acting like a fool, thought you was cool, somebody was praying for you. You may not know who that person is, but I, somebody was praying for you. I know people was praying for me. Because I told y'all before about my, my, my heathenistic way. I was being a heathen when he got me. He, 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 he backdoored me. I didn't even see it coming. And when you begin to pray for people, because you love them. All this is motivated by love. Our whole conversation with the Judicial Committee was not in hate. Our whole conversation with the Judicial Committee is for love. Hey, we love the people just like you love the people. We don't want anything bad to happen to them, just like you don't want anything bad to happen to them. But you are, you are abusing the power that's been given to you. And you're trying to persecute one group, trying to protect another. We're agreeing that you need to protect from those tactics. But if the person comes and says, hey, a, a parent says, a kid comes to their parent and a parent says, this is what I want to do in my household. And the kid says, but this is where I, I've, and they're having a conversation. Why would you try to criminalize them for that? If a person comes to a pastor or a leader and says, hey, I want to talk about this. And you get upset and try to criminalize them because they had a conversation. That's the issue. Because where does the line get drawn? Now, now that I got your attention, now that I have your attention, I'm, I'm going to show you this is how the adversary is doing what he's doing. Jesus already said it in Matthew chapter 24. This is verse number nine. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. He says this. You can expect to be persecuted. I just want y'all to sit on that for a second. Mm -hmm. You can expect to be persecuted, even killed, for you will be hated by all nations because of your love for me. He says, but this is what's going to happen. When people begin to get persecuted, this is what they're going to do. Many will stop following at me and fall away, and they will betray one another and hate one another, and many lying prophets. Now, when people start getting persecuted, which we already seen, when situation circumstances start coming up against them, what are they going to do? They're going to get quiet. They're going to become silent. They're going to become offended. 
to the point where they will even stop following and fall away and betray. They'll fall away from Jesus first, and then they will, will betray one another and hate one another. And the reason why they're going to hate you is because you still talk about that Jesus, 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 Jesus stuff. Don't you see all the stuff I'm going through? He says, and then what's going to happen is many lion prophets will arise. And they'll begin to deceive multitudes, not a couple people, multitudes, and leading them away from the path of truth. Do you know what the spirit of prophecy is? According to Re Revelation chapter 19 and 10, Jesus. To, test, test, to, to testify of Jesus. That's what the spirit Jesus, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what the, what these prophets will begin to do is they will begin to lie and deceive multitudes of people. And what are they going to cause them to do? Lead them away from the path of truth. There will be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. Mm -hmm. But what is he telling us? But you, but keep your hope, earnest expectation to the end and you will experience life and deliverance. Now go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. According to the Amplified Version, it says this. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says this, just, as, just to echo what Jesus has already said. He says, but the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in the latter times, some will turn away from the faith. Now, turn away doesn't mean they did it all at once. They gradually got further and further and further and further and further away from the truth. Most people who backslide don't do it all at once. It's gradual. It's gradual. And guess what? They don't even realize that they're doing it. They'll get away from the truth. And what will they do? They'll, get, they'll stop following their attention away from the faith, but they'll begin to give their attention to something else. See, when you turn away from the faith, you are turn away from the word, you, you create a vacuum. And something's going to fill that, that void. And the adversary will make sure there's something to fill that void. So what, do you, what happens is when you begin to turn away from the light, you see, this is it. People say, if I don't, if I don't, uh, if I don't make a decision, then no decision has been made. That's not true. Even if you haven't made a decision, you've made a decision. If you are not choosing to, to follow out the light, by default, you are walking in darkness. Are you listening to me? I know this, 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 is not, this is not baby food this morning, but God says, this is what's going on. And I need you to tell my people. He says, they began giving their attention to deluded and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach through the hypocrisy and pretensions of liars whose consciences are seared who forbid people to marry and teach them to abstain from certain kinds of foods 
which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and have an increasingly clear knowledge of the truth. Y'all see that, right? Now, I said, I'm gonna show you how the adversary is, what his, his, his mode of operation is, what his, what his game is. And I, only, I got a couple minutes left, so I'm gonna give it to you. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 10, we, we've taught this a lot, but I'm, I'm, he said to share it to you this way. Remember, they have to turn, he has to get you to turn from the truth. Y'all hear that? He has to get you to turn from the truth. If he don't get you to turn from the truth, you won't buy his bill of goods. But this is how he does it. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 says this. I'm reading out of the Amplified. For though we walk or live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh. Use a mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not, are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Now, a lot of times when we teach about this strongholds, we only focus, we think all strongholds are negative strongholds, not all strongholds are negative strongholds. You have fortified, a stronghold simply means a fortified thought, a fortified pattern of thinking. The, but the strongholds we're talking about is, is demonic strongholds from, that the adversary plants in your head by his words. And I'm going to show you how he does it. By, he says, but uh, overthrow and destruction of strongholds Inasmuch we refute or put off arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. So what are we doing? We're, we need to put off or refuse to receive theories and arguments and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. So if you are yielding to arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets up itself against the knowledge of God, you have a demonic stronghold. And that stronghold is to be able to drive you away from the truth. It's designed to drive you away from the truth. And it's so subtle that if you're not if you're not looking for it, you will not see it. I'm gonna give you an example of it, and see his playbook is not new, cause he's see this is the thing. Okay, don't read it first and then tell you. Genesis chapter eleven, <clears throat> verses one. <clears throat> I'm gonna read out of the New American Standard Bible. It says this: Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. Everybody say, same language, same, language. same, words. same words. Now, if I give you the same word, but we have two totally different definitions for that word, guess what we have? Confusion. I'll give you an example. The word love. Everybody say, love, 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 love. But the Western definition of love incorporates everything. The Greek definition of, of love does not. You have agape, the God kind of love. You have eros, erotic love, sexual love. You have 
phileo, which is brotherly love. So there's different type of love. So a lot of times when people say, I loved you, what they really say, I lusted you. I eros loved you. I will love you so much I want to get with you. Or I phileo love you. I have a brotherly love for you, but I don't agape love because if you cross me the wrong way, Joker, I cut you off my list. And do you understand? So here they have the same words, the same language. When we said at the beginning in Isaiah 5, some people will call good evil and evil good. It says, and it came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And settled there, and they said one to another, Come, let us make bricks and build them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone, and they used tar for mortar. They said, Come, let us build for ourselves. What's the problem? Self. They wasn't building because that's what God told them to do, because God had told them. Re reproduce, replenish, subdue the earth, go north, south, east, and west, and replenish the earth. But they said, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven and let us make for ourselves a name. Do y'all see the problem there? God was not in the picture anywhere. All they were talking about, let us do this for us. Let us do this for us. And that's the world's way of doing things. But I'm going to show you what God did. Otherwise, we now God says, go north, south, east, and west, replenish, replenish your earth and subdue it. This is why they, now look at what, what they said. Let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. What was God's instruction? Go north, south, east, and west, replenish the earth. What were they doing? They operating in rebellion to what it is he told them to do. do is that in your Bible? Do y'all see that? Then he says, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. The Lord says, behold, they are one people. And they are and they all have the same language. So they're all talking the same. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing will they, which they pursue will be impossible for them. Why? Same word, same language. Same words, same language. It's kind of like if we're in the house and if June and I are talking in English, man, we, we jiving. But guess what? If she starts getting on the phone talking to her parents and she starts talking in Cantonese and I, I hear words and I'm like, is she talking to me? Mama. Nope, she ain't talking to me because I don't have a clue as to what it is she said. What did God do? Because they, these people are one, they have one mind, one language, one purpose. Nothing they do, no, not the pur they purpose to do will be impossible to them. So what did God say do? Come, let us go down and there, go down and there, confuse their language. Why would you confuse their language? So they can't communicate with one another. If they can't communicate with one another, what's not going to happen? They're not going to be able to accomplish the task what they're trying to accomplish. 
Do y'all see that? Now, if we're calling things good and other people are calling it evil, and we call other things evil and they calling it good, how many people know you talk in two different languages? If you were in the kingdom of God and you're talking God's word and somebody else is still operating according to the kingdom of the darkness, how do you know you're talking two totally different languages? How do you realize that when you get when you was in the world, you and your family got along? When you got born again, you start talking kingdom language, they start looking at you like you had a third eye in the middle of your forehead. You have lost your mind. Get out of my house. Do y'all see that? Y'all say, why is that important? I'm about to show y'all. If y'all give me, I only got, can I get two minutes? Can I get three minutes? Okay. He says, come, let us go down, confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth and they stopped building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. Everybody said that's God's original intent. That was his original intent. So why is that important to you and I? I'm going to show you why it's important. And this is where I'm going to stop. I'm a, we're going to remember it says that even the adversary has his own people who will be preaching the doctrine of, uh, of demons and what it will do. It will draw people away from the truth. Right? Is that what, that's what it said? Let me show you, I'm gonna show you where that actually exists in the Bible. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse three says this, and this is where we're gonna end. The Passion Translation. But now I'm afraid that just like, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's clever lies, your thoughts may be corrupted and you lose your single hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. What it says, your, by the adversary's clever lies, your thoughts, remember that, isn't that what we talked about? Refuting every argument, theory, thought, and every high thing which exhausts itself against the true knowledge of God. Every, your thoughts may be corrupted or twisted and you may lose your single-hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. That's what happens when somebody commits adultery. You love your wife until Miss Thane come along. Our, our, our brother, our tall, dark, and handsome comes along. And then you get, and then you, you know, y'all come together. And then when you go back home, what happens? Every flaw that your wife had before you did what you was doing, now it's on a microscope. You see every flaw. You want to know what else happens? When you got with sister so-and-so, our brother so-and-so, you just broke covenant with your spouse. So you brought sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so back into your house and you wonder why you and your spouse can't get along. Because you enter something new into that equation. Are y'all listening to me? Now you are no longer single-hearted devotion towards your spouse now you have divided your uh, 
a double-minded person because you have you got one foot with sister or brother do right or do wrong and then you got your spouse who you you know you Jesus you just been a burden and I know I can I, the grass is always green that's people always say the grass is always green on the other side but guess what some of that grass got got uh, is artificial turf you pull it off and you're going to find out. They is now, they already proved to you that they have no loyalty to anything because you was with somebody and they got with you when you was with somebody. Why are you stuck on stupid and think they're going to stay the same with you? Hello. It ain't worth it. I don't care how good. I mean, you make it ain't worth it. So your thoughts may be corrupted and you may lose your single-hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. But if you have fallen into that situation and circumstance, I'm here to tell you, God still loves you. And you still have an opportunity to repent or turn around and receive his forgiveness and, it, and ask him if you truly want your, still want your mate, how to, how to, how to uh, win them back. But they have a decision in that. So I'm telling you, don't let condemnation keep you from God. And I'm telling, I'm telling you, I don't care if if you just slept with them last night. I'm here to tell you, God's forgiveness is still available for you. All you gotta do is receive it. I don't care who you are. You need to know that God still loves you. God is not condemning you. God loved you so much, He sent Jesus for you, even when you was still acting crazy. Even when all of us were acting crazy, God still loves you. For you, and let, me, let me pick up, he says, for you, for you have lost your single-hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. For you seem to gladly, listen to this word, because you hear this a lot, tolerate. You, you Christians are just too narrow-minded, bigot, stiff neck, regressive, you know, we are progressive, y'all regressive. No, what you doing ain't nothing new on the sun. They did this, what you try to do now. They did it before. I can show it to you scripture first. They did it before. It didn't work then. It says this, it says, who? And this is the problem that, that, that the other, and you go back in Old Testament, when you talk about these kings who will conquer the children, the children of Israel, this is the problem they had with them because they wouldn't tolerate their gods. We in slavery, but we still ain't bound down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You, we, we in captivity. We still ain't bound down to your image. Oh, you just irritate. And we're going to have to put you in the fiery furnace. Go ahead, big fella. For you seem to gladly tolerate anyone who comes to you preaching a pseudo or false Jesus. Not the Jesus that we have preached, you have accepted a spirit and gospel that is false rather than the spirit and gospel you once embraced. How tolerant you have become of these imposters. For they are not true apostles, but deceitful ministers who masquerade as special apostles of the anointed one. That doesn't surprise us for even Satan transforms himself to appear as an angel of light. So it's no wonder his servants also go about pretending to be ministers of righteousness, but in the end, they will be exposed. 
and get exactly what they deserve. So what's the adversary's tactics? He will take truth and twist it. And gradually, not all at once, gradually, 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 gradually get you to turn away from the truth. And he gets you to turn away from the truth. Now you operate on his territory. And he has a legal right to try to come up against you. He has a legal right. And see what people don't understand that the Bible is a legal document. That's why he's always accusing you like a prosecutor accuses you before the courts. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jerry did this and Jerry did that. And, and because Jerry's doing that, he is not operating according to your, your way of doing things. He is guilty. I have a legal right to prosecute, persecute. I have a legal right to judge him because he's no longer operating in your kingdom. He's operating in mine. God says the way he's doing it, he's doing it to the world and to the church is because one, people don't know his truth because the body of Christ has been silent. The body of Christ has been quiet. So these people are blinded to the truth. And because they believe they're getting persecuted, they're afraid. So they stand in the closet and because they offended with God, because God didn't do what it is that they wanted him to do. They have left following him and then a lion prophecy, wherever you walk away from truth, the adversary will fill that vacuum. You have created a vacuum and he will fill it. And because, but he says, but I, he says, but that's why I'm telling you today. That's why he told me to tell y'all. That's why he told me to get a text message. Hey, if you ever wanted to learn the truth, you gotta learn it today. What is your responsibility to go and tell other people? This is how he's doing it. He's taking the truth you think you know. And, and, and guess what he's doing? He's using your ego of being an intellectual, well-read, but you're not reading the word. You're reading it third-hand knowledge. He says, you, you take me out of the equation. He says, you pull down strongholds, arguments, theories, and reasonings that exhaust itself against the true knowledge of God. Not the true knowledge of this uh, of brother so-and-so. Hey, I read a book. I got, okay, this is what the word says. Okay, let me get my Bible. Oh, ooh, he missed the word. Or what he says out of context. Daniel said in the last days, we will be, we will be wiser, but we'd also be weaker. Why? Because all that knowledge we got. And each generation gets a little bit weaker. Why? Because they got all that information. How many people ever started off on a diet? They looked up all the information. I tell you, Joan can look at a recipe, look at a recipe online. She can taste it just by looking it up online. Meat, because she's meditating on ingredients. Mm, I could just, mm, we talked about that last night, talking about Cheesecake Factory. I came in the room and I'm like, what in the world are you doing? And I thought she was over there weeping as and I thought something was wrong. She was talking about Cheesecake Factory was closed and I wanted to taste this. And I'm like, are you serious right now? But in her mind, she had created an image. 
Same thing happens with when you hear words, you create an image in your mind. But if that image is not based off of the word of God, you are falling away from the truth. And you will be open up to demonic strongholds and teachings and doctrines of devils that masquerade themselves as ministers of righteousness. And you will find yourself lost in the sauce and won't even know how. And people around you will be lost because you have kept silent and because you have kept quiet. So they were not able to receive what God made available to them. So Father, we thank y'all and praise you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you, Father God, that it, it has went forth we thank you, Father God, that no word of you is void of power. Now, Father, I know that we have given them a lot of word, but I know, Holy Spirit, that you will show them how to apply it to their everyday lives. Now, even if you fall under the category of somebody who fell out of relationship with God, even if you're one who's never entered into a relationship with God, even if, man, all this time you've been hearing all these things about the, the Bible and about churches and all that, man, I'm not even into religion. I'm into real relationships real relationships with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we like to invite you in to a, a real relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and also invite you to be a part of a word-based church which teach you the, 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 the death, burial, resurrection of, the, of Jesus Christ about the blood of Jesus, but also teach you the true knowledge of God's word so that you may live your best life yet. So if that's you and you'd like to join us, join uh, reconcile back to the Father, or if you'd like to enter into a relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I'd like to lead you in a prayer this, today that you pray from your heart, uh, mean it, you know, pray out of your mouth, mean it from your heart, and man, you'll enter right back in the right relationship with him, and that's the starting point. So repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my burdens for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord, and I accept your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. I receive it right now. I take it. I receive it. It's mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time or you rededicated your life back to the Lord, we want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you back into the kingdom of God, back into right relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And like I said, hey, if you're looking for a good word-based church, but you, because of the COVID-19 restrictions, you're not able to get out, man. We love to allow you to partner with us here at, uh, at the depot in Jesus name. And I guarantee you, we will teach you about the truth of the knowledge of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, and show you how to apply it to your everyday life. If you like to 
so into the ministry there is a there is a uh, e you can e-transfer at info at faithfullifeottawa.com that's info at faithfullifeottawa.com and we'll use once we receive those resources we will use it to get the word out because our our goal is to never be silent never to be quiet but always preach the word of god with with accuracy and with truth so the people will be able to have their minds enlightened to the word of god so they will receive all that jesus came to give them again my name is uh milton jones i'm the senior leader here on behalf of sister juan and the entire depot family we want to thank you for joining us today god bless you and we'll see you next week Bye-bye.